Welcome to the Align and Flow podcast. I'm your host, Sylvia Rose. The Align and Flow podcast is a source for deep conscious conversation to help you intentionally create and cultivate a waking life that is in the fullest alignment of your truest potential and higher self. And really just for anyone who enjoys some deep thought traveling. I honor you on your pathway of growth, expansion, and alignment when it's so beautiful you can cry, and also when it's so damn difficult you can also cry. In the words of Ram Das, we are all just walking each other home. Thanks for being here. Hello and welcome. Uh, this is the first episode of Align and Flow. So that's pretty cool. And we're just going to flow with it. And that's just kind of my style. Um, today, I want to talk about, you know, I thought about where's like the best way to play, like where would I start? in even talking about all of like the endless, absolutely infinite, like number, infinite number always bothers me because it's not like a, an, a, that can't be a phrase, but I think it is. But essentially, where do we start talking about all the deep, juicy, conscious conversations and how they relate to creating an intentional, an intentional life? And the answer is there is nowhere to start. There is no one place. There is no instruction manual. There is no how to or step one, step two, step three. So I thought about it and this is where we're going to start. We're going to start with how to create positive, impactful, and lasting changes in your life. Essentially, how to form new habits. So I asked myself this question and how it applied to all the different changes that I've gone through over the past few years. And when I think about it, to be concise, you know, how to form new habits definitely includes some essential basics, okay? There needs to be consistency. There needs to be clarity on your goal. You know, what are you working for? But also, and here's like the biggest one, is your why. And your why can be like the value you find in the goal and your reason. When I think about the changes I made in my life, so much more of it is actually about the internal processing, the inner reshaping reparenting and reprogramming of so many things like my mindset, my thoughts, my awareness, my control versus the external changes. It's definitely easier to see external changes. And I think we get really tripped up because we're constantly focusing on seeing the end result. And we totally forget that we have a process along the way of from where we are to where we want to be. But it's difficult because you don't see that part. And not, not a lot of people even talk about that part. When we have something we want to change and we, we know what it is, we have this concept and this visualization of it, it's really easy to just think about that in our mind. From my own experience, what I've noticed is when I don't assign true clarity and reason or value for my change, it's just not going to be as successful as it can be. It's like, you know, a pretty common example is people, they have this idea, they want to be in better shape, then they get a gym membership, they go to the gym like for one week straight, and then they're just done. Does that mean they don't actually want to be in better physical shape? No, but there's a different element here, which is the intention and value for people who have a very strong intention and highly value being in a certain shape 
for whatever reason that may be. Maybe they're an older grandparent and they want to make sure that they are, you know, ready to be playing with their grandchildren. Or maybe it's someone who has a goal of doing a marathon for the first time in their life and that's super important to them so they know they're going to go to the gym to prep their body for that ultimate goal. That's going to have a completely different pathway and process as opposed to someone who's really just unintentionally moving and acting. And that's a really good tangent point. Um, There's always like points within points whenever we're talking about this conscious sort of stuff. This is a whole concept of, well, what do you mean people just do things without thinking? This is what we do sometimes, especially when we're not consciously connected to ourself and we don't intentionally set certain direction for our action. Quite honestly, how often are we asking ourselves, why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we thinking what we're thinking? Why are we feeling what we're feeling? And that's really one of the basic ultimate foundations of becoming more self-aware is beginning your own process of self-observation. When we're beginning to observe ourselves more, we get really close and personal to ourselves. Also a crazy concept because we literally are living with ourselves every single millisecond of the day, every single breath in between breath, we are with ourselves. And however, we need to actually do the work, which I think definitely gets easier as you practice. We need to do the work of meeting ourselves, of understanding of ourselves, of actually knowing who we are. Knowing who you are, that is just a different, that is a tangent, that is a beautiful topic that we can talk about on a different day. But the more you know who you are, and the more you discover and dissect who you are underneath all the layers of, of shit and all the masks you wear and all the identities or roles you put on for other people or your life, you'll start to hear your true self and what that true self really values, really wants, what changes you really wanna see in your life. And the most important part is you'll understand why you really want them because they're coming from your true inner voice, your your true self. And so that's why self-observation is so critical for creating changes. Having clarity on your goals and changes that you wanna make and the why really kind of go hand in hand. So for example, one of the things I wanna do in the next 10 years would be great, um, is to have multiple rental properties. And I thought extensively about that. This is not a burning passion of mine. I am more creative. I'm definitely a multi-passionate entrepreneur, but I know that rentals are going to help me financially secure our future, the future for myself, the future for my children, and it's gonna help give me my why, which is letting me have as much time or definitely more than a nine to five working for someone else at a set capped annual amount. My why, which deeply is aligned with who I am, and maybe for like a lot of us, is having the freedom to do what I want or as much freedom as I possibly can to do what I want with my life to just about any extent that I want. And we can dissect that further, going on my own example. If I'm able to have more time freedom because I have a rental that's paying the mortgage, is paying my bills, X, Y, and Z, I can be there to pick up my children from school. I can be there to drop them off. I can 
take us traveling to cool nature areas on the weekends or in the summertime. I can spend the time that I do have doing things I like or really probably starting more things that I'm interested in and just being a true child of the universe. Letting my life be open and crafted to any sort of experiences. Not the leftover time that I would have working 40 hours a week for the next 40 years of my life. And I'm still in the pathway of making that a reality. I've had to make some major changes to even get to this point in time. Like, of course, I'm not just going to go out one day, call a realtor up and be like, hey, I want to buy a duplex. Like, that's definitely not how the actual process, like there are actual instructions and step-by-steps for buying a home. But for me to get to this point in time, I mean, I've had to be doing work rearranging and relearning my money mindset. All the energy that I had surrounding money, my patterns of thinking about it, my habits. I've had to learn how to budget and how to strategize and how to save and how to be more disciplined with our money. I've had to be really honest with myself and understand and let go of toxic thoughts I've had around money. Then with trial and error and consistency and learning and failing and trying again, and then evolving and changing more, I began the changes and reworking my whole concept and mindset on money. And now because I have done that, it has put us in more alignment to achieve the house goal, which ultimately serves the purpose for me having more time freedom, more financial freedom, which as an individual, as a parent, and as a co-creator of my life. So having the goal clarity, you know, what do I want? And then having the fuel to back it up, which is the why, and have that connected so deeply in alignment to what is really valuable to me and is so meaningful to me is also met with the very human part of any changes, which is consistency. And this is not called Sylvia's podcast on consistency because I am so human in this, so human in this regard. Doing things consistently is very difficult for me. And I try many different coping mechanisms and alarms and post-it notes and dry erase boards to help keep me on track. And although some days I'm taking my steps forward and some days I take a step back, I know ultimately we're going to keep going along the path because I'm completely tied in, in alignment to what we're doing and why we're doing it. And this brings me to another part of creating lasting changes in your life. And that's really having that relationship with yourself. So this is a little bit different than self-observation, a little bit, because self-observation, you're still in communication with yourself. Um, it's really just analyzing, like like I said, you know, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Blah, blah, blah. Why, why, why? But having a relationship with yourself, well, this is where, I guess I would say, you know, you start seeing yourself as a person. And I know that maybe sounds really weird, but honestly, I, I think I must have been 27, maybe 28, until I realized that I had essentially no relationship with myself at all. Just none. Like I lived my entire life 
essentially disconnected from myself. I did not know how to love myself, let alone anything else. Like love is one thing, but then there's all the other things that love is made of. Um, compassion, being compassionate with yourself, caring for yourself, uh, being forgiving with yourself, being honest with yourself, being accountable, you know, making yourself accountable for yourself. And it wasn't like it was the opposite. Like there was no indifference or self-hatred. It was just years, decades of my life living in the ego and living subconsciously without connecting to my whys and aligning to my true inner self. Why it's so important to have a relationship with yourself where you can be brutally honest and also compassionate and forgiving is because there is failure. Now as a concept, I love failure. I have failed a bajillion million times and I'm just that kind of person I learn through failure. I have to try things and fail like 50 times before I actually try them and then it just finally aligns. I swear to goodness, part of it is just universal magic. But when you fail, you learn. That's just how it is. It's just like the example of riding a bike or maybe that's part of an example of riding a bike. You're not gonna just get on the bike and start riding it, right? You're gonna fall off a couple times and then eventually you've got it. And in the process of failing and trying again is the understanding of how something works and then we do it over and over and over again we can evolve the process and we can make it more productive or more efficient and overall more successful to help us get us to where we are going failure helps us learn but it can also be a real downer and that's when it's hard to be a human and that why and that value and our reason for making changes can become really important. Because it is hard to keep trying things if we are not seeing the success. And just the definition of change means that you are taking yourself out of the comfortability of whatever normal, of whatever your normal was. We're working against the grain, climbing uphill to a new, more aligned, more intentional life. And that shit's hard. I mean, we don't just get everything. We can't just get all the things that we want. We have to work for them. We have to change for them. And what helps that process is having the consistency of being a human and getting back up when things don't go well or they don't feel awesome. Having clarity around the changes that you want to make and then being deeply, deeply connected and aligned to why those are changes that are super, super important to you. A lot of the time, we don't exactly know where to start with the changes we want to make in our life. We kind of have an idea, but we're not certain and there's no clarity. To get more clarity on the changes that you want to make, my suggestion and what works for me is really just, again, back to self-observation, sit with your thoughts and your feelings. And you have to do this with some quiet or solitude or being alone. And you take an inventory on your life. And the thing is, it's not like, you know, someone's like, how's your life going? And you're like, oh, it's great. It's like when someone says, how are you feeling? Or they ask you, how are you feeling? I'm like, okay, well, in which area of my life? Because I've got about five different feelings. You know, I've got my baseline, if that's what you want. And so when it comes to the changes in our life, I mean, we can have this whole, everyone has this whole encompassing goal, right? We want to be happy. 
Okay, that's great, but it's too damn broad. We have to narrow it down. We have to understand what that means. That can mean just so many different things to all of us. We don't share all the same sort of happiness. So the things that I want to work on in my life to bring me happiness are going to be different than the next person and the next person. But something that will work for all of us to identify the changes that we need to make or we want to make is by really locating the areas in our life where we don't feel the best. And that's a really cheap way to describe it. I mean, saying the best is is a really broad and very generic. But I think that's a really good, pretty basic and simple flag to look for. And when you're thinking about it and your radar is going off on a certain area of your life that doesn't feel great, that's when you continue to self-observe and you can ask yourself, what does this area of my life feel like? And why does it feel like this? And then ask yourself, I wish that this area of my life actually felt like, and then fill in your blank. Another way to think about the changes you want to make, instead of identifying what is happening in your life that you want to change, you can start looking to the things that you don't have in your life yet, but you love and seriously value so much but you have not yet found a way to have access to them in your life. And you can ask yourself, why haven't I been able to make this a part of my life? What has been keeping me from doing this thing that I love and value? The changes in your life are ultimately going to be born of your own self-observation and inventory of your life paired with being driven by your why. So the best place to start is to find some quiet time. Ask yourself what is really important to you, what your values are, what you deeply desire for your life to be. Think about it, write it down, and start there. Start with your why as it aligns to your deepest, truest self, and then strategize your plan of action. And be ready for all the self-love when you fall down the first or 14th time until you make your changes your new reality. Thank you for listening. I honor everyone on their path. I know it's not always easy, but we're all walking home together.